Yes, everybody, it's time once again for the Dapper Dividends podcast episode. I don't remember which one it is. Why? Because I didn't bother to look where we're at. And I want to thank you once again for letting me come in your ear holes and spending a little bit of time with me and actually with us because I'm joined by Ryan Williams, the man from Las Vegas. And we're going to talk a little bit about real estate investing versus REITs. I am a REIT investor. I've been intrigued by real estate investing. And before we let him speak, uh, this is being recorded. So if you're on Spotify, you can check the video out. And if you are not watching on Spotify, this is going to go up on YouTube. So feel free if you've just wandered in, you don't know where the heck you are, or who the heck's talking, click the link below. You can go to YouTube, check us out. So without further ado, this is Ryan Williams. Say hello, Mr. Williams. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. He's a fellow YouTuber, colleague, guy out there doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. And is it true, dude? I've heard that as we're on the precipice here, this is being filmed a few days before Super Bowl 57, that you are going to be spending the seven million bucks on a 30 second ad. Is there any validity to that rumor? I personally am. Yeah. Did you get a Super no, Bowl this ad? Yeah, this is true. It's it's myself and uh, I don't know where he's at. My cat's somewhere around here. But yeah, we have some things we're trying to promote. So he paid for most of it. Um, I pitched in a little bit, but you know, why not? Nice, nice man. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I think the number was six and a half to seven million dollars, and I think Fox is going to be making upwards of almost seven hundred million bucks on just ads for the Super Bowl. So. But anyway, don't you think at this yeah. point, don't you think at this point for some companies, though, it's just like tradition, like Coca-Cola, they've got to do it or no, not Coca-Cola, Budweiser. They've got to do it for the um, the Clydesdales. Like you cannot have a, a Budweiser Clydesdale commercial during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Funny you should mention that because Budweiser has actually given up. They used to have Soul what, uh, InBev, right? AB InBev, I think, is Budweiser. Mm -hmm. They had yeah. sole ownership of ad space for the Super Bowl, like I forget how many years and they actually relinquished that. So now any beer company is going to be able to buy an ad in this year's Super Bowl. So it should be cool. Um, oh, and also I did it last year. I'll be doing it again this year. I pick out like the top Super Bowl dividend commercials and uh, I have fun with that. I, I pay attention to the game. I pay attention to the commercials and um, I don't know. It's fun to put together feel people can get a, a flavor of some of the companies that are behind uh, some of these commercials, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I was like halfway, halfway mid-yawn. I had a <laughs> cup of coffee. It's been a long day. I have a cup of coffee here with me. I, I apologize, Russ. That wasn't a huge party foul on my end. No. Kidding me? No. You and me both, dude. Dude, it's, we're doing what we're doing. Okay, so private real estate versus REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. Now, obviously, I know that you and I both invest in REITs, and we've never really talked about you investing in private real estate. So uh, just give us a little bit of the skinny on how, uh, how'd you get into private real estate and how long have you been doing it? And, you know, go as deep as you want to go. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't care about uh, going too deep here. So take it where yeah, you want to so, take it. So, I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this with my parents, actually. My dad is pretty, my dad put me on the path of investing, stock investing, and also real estate investing. And 
Um, he's he's been a real estate investor for decades now at this point, and I don't know exactly how the conversation was brought up, but um, I don't know. We just decided to start doing some real estate stuff together just for fun. I think I think I think it was really to because he knew I have an interest in this stuff, and so. I think he was kind of maybe taking me under the wing to show me the ropes. And obviously this is going to be a good thing for the future down the road, you know, just to have these assets. Same thing as dividend stock investing. Um, and so together back in 2020, like summer 2020, um, we closed on our first property, which was a duplex in my hometown in Northern California. Still have that. And then um, sometime, when was it? 2023, I think beginning of last year, we actually bought another property. It's not a house, it's not a duplex, it's actually just a plot of land also in my hometown. We bought it at an auction, an online auction, which was a very, very interesting experience, but um, that actually cash flows as well. People rent out that plot of land just to store equipment there, so that's bringing in some cash flow as well, which is really cool. Um, but those are the two two real estate assets I have. Um, and kind of to your point, like there's a, there's, I don't know if it's a hot debate or a hot topic, but there, there definitely is a camp of people who prefer physical real estate versus invest, just investing in real estate investment trusts and vice versa. There's people who prefer real estate investment trusts over physical real estate. And I, I can say now, like just kind of having some experience with both this is such a lame answer, but it, there's there's definitely pros and cons to each. I think, and sorry if I go off on a tangent here real quick, I think no. what I've gathered so far in support of physical real estate is you'll get, you know, if you have an 8% return on a property, that's likely going to be, depending on how much you have invested, but that's likely going to be more cash flow coming in every month for from physical real estate. But the downside, it's, it's you know, there's a higher, a higher barrier to entry. It takes more money up front to buy, you know, a house, right? But then on the other hand, with real estate investment trusts, it's so easy. You can invest with as little as $5, get the ball rolling, which really is, I, I don't know, it's just going to be so much more accessible for so many people. And um, yeah, you can go at your own speed and you don't have to worry about any of the issues that come along with physical real estate. Right, right. Um, no, that's, yeah, that's true. And it's really more liquid. It's much more liquid when you have yeah. REITs. But like you said, the barrier to entry is a lot lower with REITs. So that therefore, the returns shouldn't be um, as high. So how old were you then? Uh, we didn't go over your age, which I'm, yeah. I'm continually impressed by when you started this endeavor. Yeah, man, I would have been, well, thank you so much. Um, I think I would have been, what, three years ago? I would have been 26, probably almost 27. So good yeah. Lord, when I was yeah. 26, 27, phew, investing was just, it's, it's crazy. And you know, like people I've, I've talked about here is you can't go back in time. You can't change the past. We can only change what we do going forward from this moment on. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just, it's just impressive that, that you do that. Um, so do you have any issues like with one of the things I've always heard is tenants and toilets that if you yeah. don't want to deal with tenants <clears throat> calling you in the middle of the night, as everybody knows, I had self-diagnosed myself with bronchitis. Uh, I've had a little cough, just a tiny little cough for a couple of weeks now, but I'm okay. I've been self-medicating with uh, whiskey and uh, IPAs. I was going to ask if you're empty handed over there. No, I got, well, for those of you that can see, I got my, 
15 year old plastic water cups and uh, some people have said you might want to think about throwing those out because they start leaching plastic or something but i don't know i think i'm okay but where were we oh we were talking about your uh the the tenants and toilets if you don't want to deal with them you can hire a management company but that's going to eat into your return and your profit so do you guys have a management company? Uh, do you have any issues with your duplex, your tenants and toilets? Yeah, so we do have a property management company for the duplex, um, which if I wanted to be more hands-on, I'd, I'd probably opt against that, but I don't. And so it's really nice. It's really nice having a property manager. And, and you know, that's something when you're analyzing a deal, that's something that you can work into your numbers because obviously you have to look at everything, the mortgage, the property taxes, insurance, you know, you account for all of those things when you, when you're putting together a deal. And if it, if it still cash flows and you can still get the return that you want when accounting for a property manager, then, then great. But some people like that extra cash flow, but I know for us, it's like, it's 100 bucks a month, 150 bucks a month, so it's not it's not anything too crazy and the returns okay. from that property are high enough that it doesn't completely diminish it. Um, no issues with tenants, no is- really no big issues with the house so far we've been lucky. I think that um, the roof is kind of getting close to near the end of its life, the HVAC unit, the AC on there, kind of the same thing. So, mm, you know, hopefully we don't have to deal with that too too soon, but We'll see what happens, and that's like that's just one of the the downsides I think with physical real estate is having to worry about those things where you could just buy realty income and then have Walmart and Walgreens and um, all these other companies paying you paying you rent. So I don't know, man, it's, <clears throat> well, just, it's just different. Not only that, but with realty income, it's triple net lease, so the tenants yeah. are pretty much doing it all, and, and realty income, you know, is there to just collect the <laughs> collect the cash and pass it on through to us. Uh, you know, it's funny. I do have a friend that has, uh, he has some real estate property, but it's in some, you know, not great neighborhoods because he likes getting deals and he's cheap. So he works on everything himself. And I mean, good Lord, some of the, the time that I've seen him spend and the things he's had to do, um, Jesus, evicting people. Like apparently you just can't evict somebody. It's like takes months. He's had people, he's had tenants literally say, I'm not paying you. I'm not paying you any more money. And he's like, okay. And he's like, just contact the lawyer, start the process. I got to pay money to that. And I'm just like, man, when I talk to him, yeah, it's, it's nice that the tenants that do pay, like for you, right? You're the tenants are paying, they're building up equity. They're paying that mortgage down. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming you guys didn't buy it with cash, right? Right. Yeah. So they're they're the land. The land off. was the land was all with cash, but so that's 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 paid off. But um, yeah, the the house has a mortgage. Yeah, and that land is interesting that you've done that because that was going to be my one, um, not complaint, but but point of contention is that. Some years ago, before I got into investing, I, you know, talking to my friend, I was like, well, I don't want to deal with tenants and toilets. I think I'll just get a piece of land. Like I was looking up in Wisconsin at like thickly wooded acres of land. And I don't know, my my friend talked me out of it because he was like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, I don't know. We'll just have it. And he said, if it's not cash flowing, if it's not generating cash, like he's like, dude, I wouldn't even bother because then you're just paying taxes and hoping yeah. to sell it for more money in the future. Which, I mean, there then comes along that saying, well, they're, they're not making any more of it, so chances are it will go up in value. 
You know, and land's kind of an interesting thing too because there are, if you find the right, okay, obviously with real estate, you, you've heard this before, it's all about location, but I think that's especially true with land because if you want to cash flow it and, and you're going to buy a plot of land, um, that's even more important because think of the few things that you can do with land to cash flow it. Like think of, think of like AMT, okay? They're sticking those cell towers on someone's land. They don't own all that land. Um and they're paying whoever owns the land for the space to put the cell towers on. Think about billboards, dude. <laughs> we looked at one property that had a it was a it was just a house, but in the back it had a billboard. And the billboard uh, just a billboard in like the backyard that was like right next to a highway. That billboard alone, I don't remember the exact number, but that billboard alone would have paid for like the mortgage and then some just on the house. Like it 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 was it was nice. So there's some interesting things that you can do with land. And we got, like like I said, ours is, we people rent it just to store equipment there because they're doing construction nearby. And so we got lucky with that. And um, this, is, this has been one of the good things for me, being able to do this with my dad, because I would have never thought about that. And, you know, he has enough experience doing this stuff now that it's like, that's that's a no-brainer to him. And so... That's just that's been a really cool thing, just being able to learn from him and and I, you know whether or not I like physical real estate or REITs more, I'm happy to have this experience and being able to at least learn about how to do it because, you know I I mean I do think it is a really good way for people to build wealth. Like if you have the money and can get one property, it if you can get your first property, it's a lot easier to get your second one. There's so many different creative things that you can do to, um, to build up your portfolio of real estate. Um, but then again, it's not for everyone. For a lot of people, it's like, well, I don't want to be creative. I just want to cash flow and not think about it. Then it's like, well, great. There's, there's other options for that. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. There's some older people that I've heard in, on podcasts and whatnot that used to have property. And then the older they got, <clears throat> they just sold it. And they said they got tired of the headache and they didn't want yeah. to deal with it anymore. So they just literally just took the, sold everything, took the cash and just stuck it in the stock market, got some REITs and, and whatever yeah. else. Um, yeah, you there's this, um, become, oh, go ahead, go ahead. There's this gentleman, kind of to your point, there's this gentleman and who, who watches both of our videos actually, Duke of Prunes, my man Duke, shout out Duke. Um, Duke was telling me recently that him and his wife just sold, they had two rental properties, they just, they sold one a few months back, I believe, and then they just sold their second one in Louisiana, like, earlier this week or late last week. And they're gonna they're gonna do exactly that. Take those proceeds, put it all into the stock market, buy like Realty Income or Johnson & Johnson or something like that. And I, I don't know how old they are, but I do think they're older. And so, yeah, like people get to a point where it's like, I just don't wanna deal with it. Yeah, I think it's Duke uh, that I've talked to before. And, and I think he has Microsoft. That's something ridiculous. Like, I don't even know, 16 yes. bucks a share yes. yeah, is You're right. cost basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, man. Isn't that, that is insane, man? Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to, well, depending on where it is, like um, that's one of the things like Warren Buffett doesn't want to sell because if you sell, then you're going to get hit with that capital gains tax. Not uh, to you mention, make me wanna... like, think about that yield on cost, man. Could you imagine oh. what that yield on cost is? My goodness. <laughs> it's <laughs> Sorry, probably dude, keep... 3%. Yeah, I keep cutting you off. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Cut, man. Cut away. It's um, <laughs> it's a real Mad Hatter's tea party around here. We're not, you know, we're uncouth and we're proud of it. Um, yeah. You were gonna say something just, though. 
I probably was. Oh, oh, I remember. Yeah, I was just going to say I don't know what I was going to say. That just hurt my head saying that. Um. Anyway, uh, oh, Billboard Tycoon. Uh, there's a billboard right on our property at my shop, and uh, it's the landlord's. And it's in a weird space, but it's right by the expressway. So yeah. I'm sure now I'd love to know what the cash flow on that is. And Lamar. I, and Lamar is a dividend-paying company that's all billboards. And I've never oh, okay. looked into them. I think I should. Um, <clears throat> so this brings us to the next question that I have written down on my, my piece of paper here. <laughs> Everybody, uh, it's going to be what uh, if somebody wanted to. Oh, we skipped over. Do you, There was some news that I actually had come across by chance about the White House uh, having a renter's rights proposal. They wanted to do it at the federal level. Do you know anything about that? Do you have any opinions? If not, we can skip. Um, I don't I don't know too much about it. I did a little bit of research just prior to this because I know you you sent me an article yep. from Forbes on it. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like a lot of it had to do with primarily with rent control, um, yep. which is pretty popular in like New York City, San Francisco. I know it's a big deal. Bigger cities, um, rent control is a pretty common thing. And I don't really know too much too much about it beyond there but i don't know like and i i don't know i i basically just i need to spend some more time researching it but um i don't know how much that would impact like people just with a duplex or anything like that it almost seemed like it was maybe more nah i take that back i just need to do more research to be honest with you yeah i'll just say i know going back from reading uh thomas Sowell's uh basic economics which is a big book I read that some years back and yeah, he, he pointed out that rent control, all it does is it just diminishes the supply of, of available rent. And right now I think 35% was the number in that article of the U S population rents. And the whole, the reason being in a nutshell is that, sorry, think of Austin Powers is me in a nutshell. Um, See how easily we get distracted around these parts. Yeah. What was I saying? I completely just, Austin, so rent, I, my brain hears Austin Powers. <clears throat> rent Thank control. you for bringing me back on track. Yeah, so rent control. What it does is landlords don't want to put improvements into the facilities because if they do an improvement, they can ask a little bit more in rent uh, to recoup that. But if they can't raise the rent because of rent control, then they kind of let things just become slums and you get the slum lords and all that. So. Yeah, yeah. And I actually we'll do have some thoughts yeah. on this. This, this, do, this mm-hmm. does make sense, though, because... If you think about it, if, if, okay, bear with me because this might become a tangent. If a landlord's not able to raise rents, they're not able to increase their cash flow. Yep. Um, and a certain component of that cash flow, if you're doing it right, is going to go, it's going to go towards, you're going to set some money aside for CapEx, for repairs and maintenance stuff that you might need to do in the future. Um, you're going to set money aside for vacancy in case you have people not renting, you know, um, so you don't get underwater. And if a landlord's not able to raise rents in the future, as things become more expensive, it's going to be harder. The money that you have set aside for, for CapEx, for repairs in the future, it's, it's going to be, it's not going to go as far because things are going to be more expensive 5, 10, 20 years down the road. We've certainly seen that these last couple of years. So I could see how that would, that would be an issue for sure. Um, But, you know, it's the same thing as like, this is another... I guess this is another possible benefit to owning REITs because 
increasing rent is like for REIT, the equivalent of that or dividend stocks in general is just dividend increases. Like that's dividend growth investing right there. So that's already built into to those investments. So that's just another way that I guess it's easier. You don't have to you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and, and a lot of these REITs we all know and love, they have their rent escalators built into the contract, mm. so it's contractual. Yeah. I mean, the tenants know. They're signing off ahead of time saying, okay, we'll be paying these yeah. increases in our rent. So yeah. that may, brings me to the next question, is if somebody was thinking about getting into real estate investing or they, you know, on FinTwit, it's popular. You'll hear people say like, you got to own, you got to own real estate. You got to do it. You know, you'll never be financially free if you do. people go a little overboard, I think, with it. But if somebody was thinking about getting into private real estate and they have no knowledge, do you have any advice for them? Like what would be your first steps toward uh, yeah. toward getting into that whole shebang? Man, I mean, just obviously learning about it, just learn more about it. One of um, one of my favorite resources, and I mean, obviously you could look things up on YouTube. There's some really great channels. Ryan Pineda talks a lot about YouTube. Meet Kevin used to used to talk a lot about. Uh, did I say Ryan Pineda talks a lot about YouTube? Yeah. I mean, he talks yep. a lot about real estate. Real estate. Uh, Meet Kevin used to talk a lot about real estate. I I learned a lot about it just from watching his videos. There's this other guy named I think his channel is Mark Invest for More F F O U R. Great real estate channel. Um, but also, there's some really great podcasts out there. Bigger Pockets is like the go-to like resource for real estate. Um, they have a podcast called Real Estate Rookie, and that, I pretty much listen to that exclusively. I would just honestly start with if you're going to do one thing, start with Real Estate Rookie. There are so so many great episodes, and a lot of it is is people who just bought their first property, or maybe they've got a couple deals, and they'll they'll interview them and ask them those questions. How did you get into it? What did you do? You can learn a lot just from listening to those podcasts. Um, and a couple other things. I mean, if you wanted to get into real estate and did not have a lot of capital to invest, um, one thing that I would look at, and this is something I've, I've considered doing before, is this thing called house hacking, where basically, basically, like you could buy a duplex and, and make it owner-operated. So buy a duplex, live in one side, rent out the other side. And the good thing is if you're buying it to live in it, like you don't have to put 20% down, which is which is standard to get a mortgage, right? You could put three, four, 5% down if you wanted to. And that's great if it, you'd have to look at the numbers and make sure cash flow is doing that. But that's that's a possibility. And that's, a, that's an easy way to get into real estate. So then depending on the property, if you've got 15, 20, $30,000 that you can invest towards something like that, you could get your foot in the door. Live in that for a year, then rent out that second side, you know, save up your cash in that year, and then rent out that second side, move out, buy another property, and then you can hold on to that first one as a rental. It's more complicated than that, but like that is a way that you can go about doing it. I, and I think that's great if you're someone who's younger wanting to get into real estate. Nice, man. Yeah. Real estate rookie. See, I like that. That just, it's catchy yeah. and it tells you exactly what it's about right in the title. Um, I think Graham Stephan was one of the first house hackers that I heard talk about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Good old Graham Stephan. Uh, <laughs> so do you, are you, do you have any plans to do anything more with with private real estate or are you like me where it's like the more I, I hear about it, I just think like, Dude, that sounds like a lot of work. I could just, <laughs> oh, you know, another thing I thought of is like Fundrise. And mm -hmm. I know they, ha they have the, the fractionalized real estate investing, but 
I think with Fundrise, some of them have like a, what's it? It's like a gate or something where, or a threshold where you can't sell for five years. Or if you do, like you're going to take a loss or there's some like, some penalties. I've, I've never really looked into it. This is just something I've, I've heard. I don't know. Do you know anything about Fundrise or any of these other um, crowdsourced, crowdfunded real estate? I'm not that familiar with it. I know the concept, but I've never seriously looked into it. I know I know Darth has a Fundrise account, but he's yeah. the only person I know who actually does it. <laughs> I keep meaning to ask him and I keep forgetting. So, so do you have, what are your plans? We'll bring it to this. Yeah. Do you... Real private real estate versus REITs. What do you prefer yeah. and what do you plan on doing in the future as of yeah. right now? I wouldn't, you know, I love REITs. I really love REITs. And I would say that I'm, I am probably more partial to investing in them just for reasons that we've already mentioned. Simplicity, liquidity. I, I actually probably, I don't want to say I understand them better, but I, I do find them to be more interesting. Um, but I do have plans to buy more real estate. It's, I, I would like to continue building out my real estate portfolio. But it's one of those things like I'll do it if I have the money to do it. Um, I'm not actively setting aside money to buy another property or anything like that. But, you know, if YouTube takes off for whatever reason and I have more money than I know what to do with, um, knock on wood, I would I would most definitely consider buying another property or buying some more real estate. Um, because, you know, I think you buy... You buy a couple properties, you buy, you know, two, three, four, you, I bet you could buy two or three properties and after expenses and setting aside money for CapEx, vacancy, all that jazz, mm -hmm. I bet you could be bringing in at least five, 600, 700 bucks a month, depending on the properties that you get. But I, and that, that is one of the things that I, um, I do like about it is it, yes, it's more to get into, but you know, dollar wise, the money that you can bring in every month is a lot greater than um, what you would get from like, you'd. it would take a lot longer with dividend stocks to get there if you're building it brick by brick by brick. Um, and, you know, scouring for deals, because that's, that's kind of, that's kind of mm -hmm. a hard thing too. knowing what deal yep. to find. You know, there's certain, um, and I'm trying to learn more about these, there are certain companies, certain websites that you can go to that, that have they offer what are called turnkey properties. So it's basically, they've done all the heavy lifting for you. They've crunched the numbers. They've gone, they own the properties. They already own the properties. They've gone in, they've rehabbed it. So it's basically ready to be rented. And some probably even have tenants in them. And you basically just buy these properties ready to go. It's turnkey. And I'll share a couple names for those of you who want to research them. Russ, you actually might find this interesting too. Mm -hmm. um, one website is called roofstock.com. Like I'm looking at, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at them right now, just what's on the homepage. And there's like, you know, you could buy a $155,000 home in, in Georgia, um, another $140,000 home in Georgia, ready to rock. Um, and so they have them in all these different markets. Another website that does something very similar is called Martel Turnkey, M-A-R-T-E-L-T-U-R-N-K-E-Y. And once again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, currently researching these myself just to see really what it's all about. But the concept is interesting to me and it seems like a very easy way to to buy your first property. And a lot of them are, the properties on here are in markets that aren't that expensive. Like over on Bartell Turnkey, I'm looking at just right here, there's a house in East Point, Michigan that they own, $136,000 with, and you'd, you'd have to put down like $32,000 to own the property. And it, and it says there's like a 30% ROI. 
Um, there's more details wow. to that, but um, but yeah, it, if you <clears throat> click on each property, it gives you more more details too, like how much you know your net cash flow, your cash on cash return, your cap rate, uh, metrics that are important to to know for um, to know for real estate. Like for example, this one that's in East Point, Michigan, $136,000, based on their numbers, by owning this property, you could net cash flow after expenses and everything, $132 every single month. Um, <laughs> so that's not too bad, you know? I wonder what the, equivalent would, what the equivalent would be for, say, just doing realty income. That would be interesting. There's a video idea. There you go. Well, dude, um, we, can, we can figure <laughs> that out right now, actually. So what's realty income's yield right now? Oh, Let's look it up. So I'm looking it up on my phone. So realty income has a yield 4.43%. Yep. Um, this says your initial investment is 32, let's say $32,000. So 32,000 times 0 0.044, 4.4%. That's $1,408 every single year. And it's pretty comparable actually, $117 from realty income. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of blurry. So it's pretty comparable. But that's just one go. property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and you know, that's the thing too is 20. I'm assuming that was a 20% down payment. Uh, or is that 10? Yeah. No, that's 20, 20, right? No, no, no. Because 10 would be 13. Mm -hmm. so yeah. 20,000 down payment 13, plus, 6. you know, like a few grand of like closing costs and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what one thing I've heard real estate, um, the doors they call them right adding more doors is they they don't invest or they do what they have to do to save up that 20 percent and as soon as they get the 20 percent, they buy another door do it rehab it whatever and then they start going to the next one they just collect them collecting them and i don't know yeah. it's interesting man it's really interesting and and i've i've been wanting to pick your brain about just you know i heard Oh, he was on a live stream. I think you were with uh, Professor G when I heard you mention about your duplex, your real estate. And I was like, what? I didn't know. So so here's what we're going to do, Russ. You and me, we're going to save our pennies. We're going to stack some cash, and then we'll, we'll buy real estate. Just for fun. <laughs> then we start another channel talking about real estate. Dude, there's, I'm telling you, a billboard tycoon. I'm going to get my friend. You see me take a picture. I'm maybe on my billboard. <laughs> I'll even do. I'll put the signs up there. I'll be out there in the hot sun, swapping well, dude, the you, hot you, glue. You, you've made enough thumbnails. You could design the billboard yourself. God. Hey, we're getting better. Getting better every day, <laughs> Papa. That's right. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. I think that's. What all about I you, have. man? What do you? I yeah. mean, what do you think about real estate? Is it something you'd ever consider, or are you content just just being in in stocks? Or what's your take on the whole thing? Well, I had invested in tokenized real estate through, um, I got out of it. Uh, it was through lofty.ai and same concept as Fundrise. All they did was they would buy a property, break it into, I don't know, 1,500 or 20,000 tokens and whatever. Every token would be 50 bucks. And then you had to sell it on a secondary marketplace. Well, buying it was easy, but getting out of it dude it took me like three weeks to and i had to take a, a slight loss <clears throat> i probably broke even after the rent i received every day you receive rent so they bring it in for the month and then they pay you out daily and you know it just i i i just wanted to go into reits i mean i have my issues with crypto it's left a really sour taste in my mouth of course it's it's all going up now so i sold 
I, I cashed out all my crypto. I did it before uh, January 1st and then crypto started taking off. So, um, yeah, but as far as, as REITs, I just like them. They're easy. They're easy to research. I love the liquidity that if I want to get out of all my REITs tomorrow, I'm out. Uh, physical real estate we didn't talk about was mm-hmm. was the tax advantages that come along with it. Um, we don't have to get into it, but there yeah. are certain no, tax touch advantages on it. Touch to on owning. It. I don't know it you know, to a T, but I know one big one that you can benefit from is you can write off the depreciation of the asset, uh, you know, come tax time. So real estate, you know, houses or whatever it is, has it's a depreciating asset. So over, you know, a number of years, it's going to wear down as people use it and live in it. And so you can write write off that depreciation on your, on your taxes. So um, that is one benefit that can come from that. And I think there's other ones as well. Like I think there's certain benefits to, to rental income and, and stuff like that that I'm not as well-versed in. Uh, but probably should brush up on. So there are some tax advantages that come with owning real estate that you don't get from from stocks. But dude, it's just, the bottom line is it's like, it's just a trade-off. It's just a trade-off. And yep. I mean, this is where it comes back to personal finance. Like what, what do you, you know, what kind of tickles your fancy? Um, and it's going to differ from person to person. We, I mean, yeah, there's so many people who, who get into real estate, but I also think there's not like some of those people maybe do that because they don't know about dividend stocks. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I think that I just don't think there's nearly as enough awareness on what we do here that there should be. I mean, we're working to change that with every single video, but dude, I just still think owning dividend stocks is so under the radar and you know, people know the stock market, but they have preconceived notions about the stock market it being a roller coaster and you're going to lose money and it's risky and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know this, this, uh, you need to learn about dividend investing guys. Tell all your friends. That's all you guys still watching. That's or listening to what you need to do. Pick one friend, one family member, one person, you know, enlighten them, change their life by telling them about dividend stocks. Cause it, it really is life changing. <laughs> Send him to Ryan's channel. I'll have the link in the description below for Ryan's YouTube channel. He has a newsletter. Sign up for his newsletter as well. And I don't know, man. I guess that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Do you have any kind of parting words, any words of wisdom, anything you would like to say to the people that are listening and watching? Yeah, I mean, for those of you still listening, thank you so much for tuning in. It's It's been a pleasure being able to uh, bend your ear for you know, bend your ear for the last 35 minutes about <laughs> whatever nonsense we talked about. Um, but Russ, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's it's obviously always a pleasure chatting with you. Many of you guys don't know this, but Russ and I will send like, not even joking, eight minute, nine minute, 10 minute voice <laughs> messages back and forth through iMessage. So we get to talk a lot, but not very often like this. So Russ, I, yeah. I always appreciate the opportunity, man. It's always fun getting together with you. Absolutely. And for all y'all that are still listening here, I was going to say the deep end, but that's Colin and Samir. They're some, uh, they got a big podcast and they call the end of their show, the deep end, if you make it to the deep end. So I'll think of something. We'll be creative with that. And again, thank you for tuning in and listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode. So long, everybody.